it was uh, I told it was it was the the time right before the children of Israel were to go occupy the promised land and uh, Moses wasn't going to be able to go with them and he kind of turned the reins over to Joshua and here's what he told them as a way of encouragement. He said, uh, this is in Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, uh, starting at the 6th verse. It said, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests and the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. That was Moses' encouragement uh, as they uh, prepared to occupy the land that had been promised to them. You know, and sharing those, uh, that verse, those <laughs> verses, you know, Joshua, Joshua didn't know what was ahead of him. His strength came from the Lord. And do it one day, the Lord asked him to do. And saying that, you know, today we're, is, uh, we're celebrating Memorial Day. And, and we're, all the men and women that, uh, that, was in, that fought for it, so that we can have a service like we're having today, gave us our freedom. And we need to remember them right now. But you know, them going into the military and the, the sacrifice they made so that we can have what we have today. You know, their strength came from the to make that choice to go fight for us so that we can live in a free country. Sure. We have so much to be thankful for. As Brother Kenneth shared, there's millions, millions all for us. Millions died for us so that we can be free. And in saying that, I want you to look to page 799. Let's all stand.
call them to pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and the blessings of the day. We thank you uh, for all the servicemen and women that gave their lives for this country. Dear and Father, and, and uh, for your every blessing throughout the years, dear and Father, upon us as a nation. Dear and Father, uh, we ask you now, Lord, that you uh, that you become uh, evident in all the prayer requests that were made this morning. Yes. And uh, now that, that we have faces service, dear and Father, we ask that you uh, bless the church, dear and Father, be one in the, our midst to own and to bless, dear and Father. Yes. And we ask that when it comes to preaching hour, that you take your servant, fill him up, dear and Father, give him uh, blessings for his efforts, dear and Father, and give us an open heart that we would take your message, dear and Father, and apply it to our lives. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you and uh, for ever loving us. And uh, Lord, we ask these blessings in the, the sweet name of Christ, dear and Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can be seated. This, this song right here came to mind. We've been singing this a lot. 147. 147. High grade power.
song would never, ever, ever, ever get off. Can you say you serve a great God? Amen. Amen. We serve a great mighty God. You know, one day we're going to see Him soon. One day we're all going to see Him soon. Look at page, uh, page 757. Soon and very soon.
but I can only now with children and grandchildren of my own. I, I can't hardly imagine what it would be like to be sitting here in a congregation on something in my child or my grandchild's name be up there on, on a flight. And I have a very, very vivid memory of as a little boy coming here uh, to our cemetery Hill, when uh, Mr. Hamrick was buried, which would have been Sarah's brother-in-law, Wayne's brother, and hearing uh, the bugler play taps, hearing the 21-gun salute, and wow, I had never experienced nothing like that in my entire life, and I was just a little boy. And so I just want to join with all that's been said in honoring those because they are certainly do our own. Yeah, they certainly are. Thank you, Brother Chris. Anyone else? I would like to share anything. something that's owed to us, but it's not. Uh, there was great prices paid for the freedoms that we uh, that we enjoy today, and we need to teach that to our children and their children, and never forget that uh, freedom is not free, but it's been paid for, and it's costed a lot of families, loved ones, and uh, I think we should remember them not only during this time of year, but throughout all the year, remember our, our veterans, uh, especially those that went to Vietnam. Uh, most veterans that came back from war came back to America with America with open arms. And we've got a picture hanging on our wall at the house of a World War II veteran uh, coming home to the parade in New York City uh, and a young woman comes up to him and kisses him. We have that picture. But there has been wars that some people of our veterans have come back and not had that embracement. And uh, whether or not the Vietnam War was justified or not, that was a political war, whether it was justified or not, we should always respect and honor those that win and answer Amen. their call of duty to this country. Amen. And I appreciate them. Those guys saw a lot of things that none of us will ever have to see and because of their sacrifice. So I, I really appreciate all of our veterans. And I'm glad to live in a country that's free today 
and I'm glad to be able to get up on Sunday morning and come to the church of my choice where I feel led to come Amen. and to worship the Lord Amen. in spirit and truth. What a privilege Bless that is Lord. today. So good to see each one of you. I love you. And I looked around at all these young people. If you hadn't noticed, look around here. Boy, that's encouraging. We love you kids. We really do. We're glad you're at church. And, uh, uh, and, and we love you. And we pray for you. We know that this old world's changing quickly and rapidly. And I've heard people say, I would hate to be a child again coming up in this world. But we're praying for you. And the same God that's protected us and protected our ancestors, He's protecting you today. Yes. He loves you today. Amen. 22nd chapter of 1 Kings, and I'll uh, try not to be very long today. I know we've got a, a, a scene coming up uh, uh, over at center, and we want uh, we don't want to uh, uh, tax your patience, but we do want to mind God and do that that He would uh, have us to do today. In the 22nd chapter of uh, of 1 Kings, <clears throat> and uh, I've probably preached around this scripture before. Uh, I've got marks in my Bible here where I've been here before, but uh, this is what we like to, uh, uh, to read to you today. Please pray for us, and please, if you've got your Bible, read along with us, because uh, sometimes when you go reading scripture, if you're not looking along, sometimes you're out in left field. I know I am a lot of times when somebody's reading something, and I don't even know if familiar with it, but uh, the first verse, uh, uh, well, let me, let me start with the 29th verse in the uh, 21st chapter. It says, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel, and it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it, into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so and I, I believe I'll stop reading right there there's uh, to really get the full understanding of this chapter you would need to read uh, all the way through but uh, those of you Bible readers know where we're at here in the Bible this is down uh, to the time and this chapter records uh, the death of King Ahab that was foretold 
in the previous chapter uh, that was foretold. And, and uh, But I want you to pay close attention to this last verse that I read. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micah, the son of Emlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And I want you to think about that just for a few minutes as we uh, begin to look. And I want us to think about uh, this thought today. And the thought is, tell us what we want to hear. And I want you to think about that for just a little while. And all of us today uh, uh, want to hear good news. We want to hear something that makes us feel good about ourselves. That's just our natural today. That's our Adam part of us today. Uh, but the Bible teaches us uh, that the truth not always goes along uh, with what we want to hear uh, today. So uh, we've come to a time here where Ahab is approaching his death. And the Bible teaches us that just before this, that there was a vineyard that joined close or adjoined uh, Ahab's uh, palace. And Ahab coveted this vineyard. He wanted it. So he offered Naboth a price uh, for that vineyard. And he said, uh, uh, if you'll not sell it for money, uh, then I'll give you a better vineyard than this. And, uh, but we know the story how Naboth told him, said, I, I can't sell uh, my inheritance. And he wouldn't do it. So uh, we know that Ahab came home and he threw a pity party because he couldn't have the vineyard that adjoined his. I've often said there's been people saying, I don't want all the land. I just want that that borders mine. And that's the way uh, that Ahab was here. And so he came home and uh, he went to bed. He got depressed uh, uh, like a little old teenage girl might get uh, around some drama or something. And uh, his wife, uh, uh, wicked Jezebel, she came and him being her husband, she could tell he was down and out and discouraged. And she asked him what your problem is. And he said, well, I wanted the uh, vineyard that belonged to Naboth and adjoined our property. But he wouldn't sell it to us, and, and uh, so he just got mad. And so Jezebel, being the wicked wife that she was, uh, she told him not to worry about it. You want that vineyard? I'll get it for you. The Bible said how did she sent out letters in Ahab's name and, 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 and how, how something brought up or blasphemy brought up uh, against Naboth, amen. Uh, and if I remember right, they stoned him to death. Uh, uh, and then Jezebel came, uh, told him to cheer up. Uh, you can go and take the vineyard. Uh, Naboth is dead. Uh, uh, but I want you to understand today how uh, uh, we might think we've got sin hid. Uh, and we may, we may have it hid from people. Uh, uh, but today, God knows exactly where we're at. He knows what's hid. He knows what's in the dark places, and it will be revealed today. Amen. Amen. I realize this ain't going to be a <coughs> message just might make you want to shout and jump benches, uh, but today we live in a society uh, where we've got a group of folks today that are going around saying, tell me what I want to hear, and the Bible teaches us 
that Ahab was no different here. How the Bible said how that he consulted 400 of his prophets. They were called the prophets of the grove. And these prophets came and they knew Ahab's intention that he wanted to go in there to Ramoth Gilead and he wanted to take back the land. He had that dead set. His mind was made up. And when them 400 prophets came, they just amened what he wanted to do. Told him everything would be alright. How you just go in. We live in a society today. How where we're told everything will be alright. Just live like you want to. Do what you want to, Brother Roger. And everything will be hunky-dory. But it didn't happen that way with Ahab, did it? Amen. And Jehoshaphat being the godly man he was. And I've never understood. Some of you Bible scholars might know. I've never understood why Jehoshaphat uh, uh, wanted to have this company with King Ahab. They were opposite people. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. He was a good king. The Bible said he did right in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. Ahab was a wicked king. said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now why? Why Jehoshaphat wanted to even be with him, I don't know. But maybe we can study that out sometime and find out. But the Bible teaches us that Jehoshaphat said, Is there not another prophet? Is there not another prophet that we can go to? I can just see Ahab. Well, these 400 that I brought over here, they've done told us everything would be all right. He told him, he said, well, there's one, Micah. And Micah was probably already in prison for prophesying things that he didn't want to hear. And uh, he said, there's one, but I hate him. Because he always prophesies evil against me. Never good. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, in this society that we live, where we want to hear a feel good about everything, and I'm going to tell you, I love to be cheered up. I do. Amen. But we've come down to a time today that folks will tell you anything under the sun to make you feel good. Every commercial you see on television trying to sell a product. Amen. The first thing they do in that commercial <coughs> is to try to let you know that this will help you. It'll do you good. Have you. And some of the stuff will. Some of it will. Some of it won't. But I'm going to tell you today, I'd rather get the truth. I'm thank God. I came up during the 60s. And those of you that are younger than me, there was a turn in the 60s in this country. Amen. Amen. It was a turn for the worse. And, uh, uh, our, our, our veterans came back from World War II. God was blessing America. America was growing. We were an industrialized nation. And we were growing and God was blessing us. Amen. But somewhere in the early 60s, there came a turn in this country. Amen. I grew up in a modern Baptist church. And, and I'm not down it. Don't you ever, don't you think that for one minute? But we've gone a little bit to the liberal side. Amen. Maybe preaching hell, fire, and brimstone wasn't exactly as dignified as it once was back in the 40s and the 50s. And we were going we to try to improve ourselves a little bit. Tell everybody that God loves everybody. You can just do what you want to do and everything will be all right. I don't enjoy preaching this message, Pam. This is what God said. And 
we begin to and we begin to go to more of that type of uh, brain set. Amen. And there were still churches. God has a remnant everywhere. There were still churches all around that were preaching, you must be born again. You must be born again. Amen. People were much like Ahab was. They were wanting to hear something that made them feel good. Wanting to hear something that would confirm what they already had made up in their minds today. Micah not only told him and let him know what was going to happen if he went over there, but he let him know that he saw a vision, I believe of some sheep, and their shepherd, they didn't have a shepherd, and they were scattered all around. What Michael was prophesying to him was, when you get over there, you're going to be killed. And the children of Israel are going to be like sheep scattered around, tucking tail and run. Amen. But the other 400 prophets told him everything would be all right. I'm so glad today that one day I got under the sound of the gospel and the preacher didn't try to tell me how good I was. And he told me where I was at. What I was by nature what I must be by the grace and mercy of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you something today, folks. I love you. But we're up against, today in America, we're up against all kinds of doctrine today. Amen. There's so many folks today that are feeling good about themselves that no doubt are on the road to hell. The Bible backs that up. Amen. Said so there'll be many that say, well, I've done did many wonderful works in your name. Amen. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you today. Amen. Tell us something we want to hear. When the doctor comes in to the room after a test and the news is not good and the doctor tells the patient and the family, well, I hate to break this news to you, but you've got cancer. And it's the fast-growing kind. You wouldn't take and beat the doctor up, stone him to death because he told you the truth. When a state trooper comes and stands at your door, God forbid this ever happens to any of us. But when the state trooper comes and knocks on your door with his hat in his hand and says, Ma'am or sir, I hate to bring you this news, but your son, daughter, mother, dad has been killed in all of your lives. You wouldn't stole any state trooper because he came and told you the truth today. But they have took it out on the man of God and he told them the truth. So what will happen? You see, God had mercy on Ahab, even though he had done what he had done. And not only him, but he had allowed his wife to run ramshot over the kingdom. And because Ahab had humbled himself and put himself in sackcloth and ashes, God had mercy on him and spared him. Even, God even let the prophet know. So you see how he humbled himself? 
So for this, he's not going to see this in his time, but in his son's time. But he also said, where the dogs licked the blood of Naboth, whom you had killed, they will lick your blood. Same place. The Bible said that as they went out there to take Ramoth Gilead, this is how conniving that Ahab was. They have told Jehoshaphat, if you put on the king's clothing, <laughs> and I'm going to go out here dressed like a soldier, because Ahab knew that they wanted to kill the king. And I'm going to go out here dressed like a soldier. And so he did. And when the Syrian army saw Jehoshaphat over there in the king's clothing, they said, there he is. And they sent a group of men up there to kill him. But when they got up there, the Bible said Jehoshaphat cried out. And when he did, they knew that it wasn't there. And they quit pursuing. And said that one took a bow just at random and shot into the army of Israel. You think it was a coincidence that that arrow hit Ahab right between the harness in the deadly part of the organs? I'm going to tell you, God knows exactly where we're at. That didn't kill Ahab right away, did you? He did He said, get me out of here. I'm in you. Take the chair. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And I can only imagine from the time that he took that arrow, and I think it was on that evening when he died, he probably thought, boy, I wish I would have listened to Micah. That one prophet against 400. That one prophet against 400. Young people, let me tell you something today. You're blessed to have grandparents and guardians that love you and care about you today. That's why they got you over here at church, because they love you and they care about you. But it won't be very long, maybe already have, so you're going to be faced with some things. You're going to hear fairy tales, but everything's all right. And that you can just do what you want to do. We live in a society, a feel-good society, where we're, we're told if you want, if you feel like this kind of relationship, you just have this kind of relationship. If you feel like this, you just have this. It's whatever satisfies the flesh. That goes eternally against God's will. That He teaches us today. So I want to encourage you. The ratio was 400 to 1. The prophets for him to go, and the one prophet that said what would happen if he didn't go. You can probably take that same ratio today and put it in our world today. And we've got a lot more folks that's telling people it's any other way you want to do. I've heard people say that I don't want my children hearing about blood the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear about that violence. Amen. That's a lie of the devil. They'll allow their children to watch all this garbage on television. Jesus told some believing Jews over there, he said the truth 
will make you free. The truth will make you free. We wouldn't want a doctor to examine us and tell us that everything was fine with our bodies when, when in truth we've got all kinds of things wrong with us that we need to start taking medicine to take care of. And the prophets of the Lord, I'm talking about the true prophets. Now these were called in the Bible, these 400 were called lying prophets. But the true prophets of God will tell the truth. They will guide people if they will listen in the right direction. Amen. I remember one time uh, Balaam tried to get Balaam. He said, I want you to go and curse these children of Israel. Curse them. Balaam told him, he said, I can't do anything but what God allows me to do. Balaam took him from place to place. Look at him from this angle. Look at him from this angle. Curse the people. I can only do what God allows me to do. Made Balaam mad. I, mean, I brought you in here to curse the people and you blessed them. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to tell you, watch the fairy tales today. Let me read one of this few verses of Scripture. And we're, going to, we're going to have an altar call here. Just maybe get us a song ready. In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul gave this charge to Timothy. And it's read, it's probably read at every minister's ordination that I've ever been to. Paul said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Boy, I can still see them old preachers, Bobby, that's dead and gone at my ordination. I remember that looked at me and told me this. Looked me eye to eye. They said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things and endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of the ministry. I appreciate these prophets down through the Old Testament that stood firm. A lot of them got discouraged. The Bible said Elijah got discouraged over there at one time. Sat down under a juniper tree and he, he desired to die. He desired for God to take his life. Amen. Brother Wayne, a lot of times we preachers, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for several. There's times, amen, where we feel like we're preaching to the wall, amen. And we just want to rest for a while. And we just, sometimes we even say, Lord, we've done all we can do, amen. But I'm going to tell you just like the angel of the Lord came down to Elijah and encouraged him to eat and take nourishment. He said, get up and go for the journey's too great for you. This journey ain't over yet, Sister Pam. Amen. So you and I have got a work to do. Fighting against the fiery darts of the devil. Fighting against false doctrine. And standing firm on blessed saith the word of God. Amen. Amen.
Boy, I've had folks come up to me, <laughs> and they didn't know me very well. And, uh, and they would say, well, we used to go to this church, or we used to go to that church. Uh, but I tell you, that preacher uh, over there, uh, he got to where he's preaching about hell all the time. Uh, amen. Uh, and he just got discouraged. Uh, we want to hear something positive every now and then. Uh, uh, so we found us a church. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, where we, every time we leave there, we feel real good about ourselves. Uh, I'm going to tell you something today. Uh, uh, when I come to church, amen, uh, and I listen to the Sunday school lesson, uh, and I listen to the devotion, uh, there's times, amen, that it gets on my toes. But I thank God for the reproof and the rebuke that comes from the church today. How that trims me up and lets me know I'm not mama's perfect little boy. Amen. Amen. Boy, I love y'all today. But the truth is what's going to set us through. Amen. It's what's going to set us through today. That's right. We need to be in this battle like we've never been before. We, we're honoring this weekend. We're honoring our veterans. But we're veterans of the Lord. We're in God's army today. Amen. We're the ones bearing the shield, the helmet, amen. Got our feet shod with the gospel, amen. And we're in a spiritual battle today that seemingly the devil is winning a whole lot of these battles. But I want to encourage you today to stand on the truth. Let folks know, thus saith the word of God. Amen. I wish Ahab would have listened to Micah, but Ahab wasn't that kind of person. Amen. He always thought he knew what was best for himself. Amen. And he said he and it cost him his life, amen. And his blood did fall right in the same place that Nabal. I'm going to tell you something. If God prophesies something's going to happen, it's going to happen today. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. Be receptive to the truth of God. And if the truth is not what was in your plans. It wasn't what you had planned out. Amen. Certainly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ was not in my childhood plans of what I had planned out. Amen. Little boy that didn't even like to go to church. Amen. Was made to go to church. Surely I'll never stand behind the book board and lift up the name of Jesus. But I tell you, it was in God's plan that I did. Amen. And I had the choice to be like Ahab. And listen to those 400 prophets <laughs> that said, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you didn't make good grades in school. You ain't no preacher. <laughs> you can't hardly read. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but he had that one prophet. He said, I called you into it. Do it. Amen. Listen to the truth today. Tell your children. And you're going to keep you by the truth. Because your adversary the devil is going to and fro up and down this earth seeking whom you may devour. And he wants to devour our children spiritually. He wants to tear up our families today. Amen. He wants to divide churches. We're seeing it. We're seeing it happen all through our land today. Amen. We're seeing it in the Methodist church. Amen. The divide. Amen. 
That's where the devil has come in and placed his foot. He's the author of confusion today. He's the one that says good is evil and evil is good. You realize today, Brother Roger, that we're at points where if you profess Jesus Christ and you stand firm on your belief that you're considered by most of the people in this world today, you're considered to be a big, a fanatic, you'll go and hug a tree or say that I've chosen ultimate lifestyle in your praise. The truth is what's going to set you free today. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you may have been told that just living good will do it. It won't do it. I had a lady call me the other day on the phone been Catholic all her life and she started going with her husband to a Pentecostal church. She didn't call me, she takes me. She said, they want me to give my testimony. She said, what's a testimony? I said, well, my definition of a testimony is when you tell the congregation what God did for you. He saved you so. Amen. A testimony is what God continues to do for you yes. after He saves you so. She texts back and she said, The Lord has been in my life from the day I was born. I've never been without Him. I text her back. The Bible says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. And I said, there needs to be a time in our lives where we know that God came and saved our soul where we accepted Him. She texted back, I've always had it. And I said, will you testify to the church that you've always had The truth is, the truth is that sometime in our life, when we reach the age of accountability, we realize no matter what good we've done, no matter how we've tried to obey the law, pay our taxes, and do everything by the book, there comes a time in our life where we realize that we're sinners, lost and undone without God. Boy, I realized it, Sister Maggie. That night, laying in the bed, I realized that. And I didn't like that feeling. I felt dirty. I felt... I felt like I wasn't going to go to heaven with the rest of my family, and I wouldn't have had. But Jesus reached his big old hand down, and he graciously accepted my apology and my repentance, and he saved my soul. And that's the truth today. And everyone that's going to heaven will have to come to the Lord by repentance. Today, by repentance. That's the only way we'll get there. Only way we'll get there. The Bible teaches us that we'll be apt to believe a lie. But the truth is, and sometimes the truth hurts. I didn't want to be told that I was a sinner. 
I didn't want to be told that I had part with those Roman soldiers that nailed him to the cross. Those were the bad guys. But when the gospel showed me where I was at, I could see myself driving the nail. And everybody stand. Come get us a song. Amen. 504.
not seeing, those that don't believe, those that think this is all a fairy tale, God open their eyes and reveal it to them. Amen. Make them see the truth. The truth will set you free. I want to encourage you today. You've heard the truth. And this ain't the first time you've heard it. You've heard it before. And it doesn't sit well with, with maybe your, your natural man. It doesn't sit well with your plans you have. Young folks, let me tell you today, you're going to have peer pressure like you've never had before. Amen. I went through it. You're going to have, like those 400 prophets, you're going to have so-called friends and peers that will tell you it's okay to do it. Amen. Go ahead and sleep with them. Go ahead and smoke them. Go ahead and inject it into your veins. It's all right.